You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming up on episode four of Off Air with Joe and Oral, we visit with the MVP, Cody Bellinger. And the skipper is going to bring us maybe closer to baseball. Yeah, at least give us his insight on some of the latest plans out there. Our top four workout songs. We'll get Doc's, we'll get Oral's, we'll get mine. We'll give you a tour of our home offices as well. All that and more coming up on episode four of Off Air. Hit it, Frankie. Cody, you're out and about doing some uh, real estate shopping today. Do you have a good realtor? Yeah. Uh, my, my dad's my realtor. So <laughs> um, I, I think it works out pretty good. Hopefully he can save me on some fees if we uh, end up doing a house. Is, is your mom studying for her real estate license or something? I saw like on Facebook, she had the real estate book on her lap. Yeah, I she actually uh, is a real estate uh She's official now. I think she's she trying is. to get her California license. So I don't oh. know exactly how all that works. Um, but yeah, you're she's going now with her closest ride. Yeah. Well, my dad was my dad was a realtor before her, so uh, she he was the only one available. Okay. Is this Fair enough. Is, is this looking for real estate in anticipation of an extension that Dodger fans would be excited about? <laughs> anticipation of getting paid this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then you got yeah. your mom getting a California state real estate license. So if you buy a house in LA, you got the no, we don't need to get there. in the muck. We're only like two minutes into the interview and we're already <laughs> taken to a tough place. What uh, is uh when, when you're not out real estate shopping, Cody, what is a day in the life of Cody Bellinger during the quarantine? Wake up around eight, um, get a lift in around, wake up at eight, snooze until 840, and then uh, get a lift in at 10, and then twice a week, I'm hitting with Kike and Brownie, and then uh, go home and, man, play Xbox. I was golfing for a little bit, but now it's getting way too hot out here to golf, so... uh, now I'm just straight up chilling. How many hours a day are you playing video games? Uh, about three, two. I mean, not every day, but sometimes two or three hours. What are you playing? Call of Duty. I've been all on Call of Duty. Are you following Luxie on MLB The Show? Um, no, I haven't been. I, I knew that they're in the tournament. Um, but I play with Luxie online with, on COD. It's pretty fun, actually. I'm not going to lie. Live streaming. Where do you so so you ranked as the number one baseball player? Where'd you rank as a Call of Duty player? Um, on the team or in the world? In the world, man, <laughs> I'm 
I'm in the the middle tier. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm you middle, binge watching I'm anything? Tier. Yeah, I started Westworld. You seen it? No, I haven't. It, I I thought about it, but then I thought, man, this looks a little too weird. It is so weird, and it's so confusing. But me and my boy were watching it, and you got to pause it like five times each episode to like under like we're like yo what is going on and then once you talk it over it, it's it's so entertaining though because is it as weird as tiger king did you watch tiger king hey i have not seen tiger king how about that you want weird that's weird but i'm not sure yeah for your generation it's probably more for my generation yeah Cody, did I, you watch Lost? I feel proud i haven't seen it um <laughs> lost man yeah. that old show old show yeah it's, it's barely in color yeah no i have my dad used to love it i've i've never watched it thoroughly i just have seen episodes i heard it when i'm off pretty like sure seasons. i'm pretty sure that the people that are making westworld there's some crossover from lost like same people hmm. interesting you know joe I, isn't this I, weird He's calling it an old show, Joe, and you're used to be the youngster in the booth. Now I'm you're old you know, as he's 24, now. and he's yeah. telling you that old show, Joe. No, I, I just did that to get under your guys' skin. It's not that old. <laughs> uh, are you eating well? I'm trying to. There's been a lot of Chipotle, like a lot of Chipotle, and then uh, I, I've been. There's a place called Salad to Go across the street, and they they have really good salads. So I've been. Uh, eating some salads at night. Actually, when I eat salad at night for dinner, I wake up with more energy. Yeah, there's something to that. The, all those leafy something greens. What is yeah. your Chipotle order? Uh, burrito, extra white rice, no beans, half chicken, half steak, pico de gallo, sour cream, cheese, and then queso on the side with some chips. So are you the dairy or non-dairy or semi-dairy kind of guy on the team? Uh, I'm dairy. I'm, 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 I'm dairy. Yeah. I so, could potentially like later on in my life, see myself going dairy free, but right now, no chance. What do you think the percentages are on the team of dairy and non-dairy? Uh, man, I would say it's like 50, 50 now, maybe more, really? more non-dairy. Are you doing any That's cooking a- yourself? No, I'm not. <laughs> I see so many people like using this quarantine to, learn new recipes maybe maybe if it goes a little longer we'll get you on the grill i think i go into the grocery store at some points and i try to not be there for long or try to go know. often. so i just i don't know i go through i'll go pick up my food or post made it are you masking and gloving or are you just being careful and staying away from people what are you doing to protect yourself? no 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 masking out here. I was out in Cali for a week or a day or two. It was crazy out there. It was like a movie. Yeah. I mean, it's it, way it, different out here in AZ. Like you don't have to wear a mask. Uh, people are wearing masks. You don't have to wear a mask. The older people are wearing the masks. I'll bet. Yeah. Yeah. That's been one of the discussions, obviously, as we, you know, figure out ways to get back to playing. First of all, do you, are, are you optimistic? You think that we're going to play this year? I'm very optimistic. I really think that we're going to be starting here before we know it. At least that's what when I'm or what I'm hearing. I was actually watching uh, our governor speak today on the whole situation that's going on. That's going on right now. 
So I don't really know exactly what he's saying, but I'm sure I'll get the rundown of it eventually. So I know you're probably on the uh, the group text of all the players and tied in with the Players Association and the vibe coming from there. Have you noticed the vibe changing as we've gotten deeper and deeper into this from like, okay, we're in this, how long is it going to be, to depression, oh my God, this is forever, to are you seeing an upswing in the vibe and the calls and the, and the detail of what possibly could happen? I think there's just more information on like potentially what is going to happen, like divisions, where we're going to play, information like that. Um, no one really knows for sure, but there's just more information about how it could possibly work. What do you think of the latest thing that's out there, Cody? I don't know if you saw it yesterday and I'm, I'm sure that you get more information than we do, but this three league plan where it'd be split up geographically three, 10 team leagues. Yeah, I saw it. I actually got rid, I don't want my Twitter anymore. So, and that's hmm. is when you get rid of your Twitter, you don't know anything about what's going on. It's pretty crazy. Um, unless you do your own research. So I did see that, but I haven't, I don't know, uh, exactly what that means. So I don't know for sure. Why'd you get rid of your Twitter? I just felt like I was always on social media. So I was like, I don't need to be on my phone at like, especially during this time, just like sitting on my couch, scrolling through social media. I just like, I don't want to do that. So I try to like put my phone in the other room or away from me just so I'm not scrolling through nonsense. Have you had any silver linings from the quarantine, from the lockup? Have you felt like, okay, wow, I never knew I was capable of that, or I, oh boy, that relationship has gotten deeper, or, you know, because of it? Um, I went, I got a bike. I bought a bike. I've been going on bike rides like I'm a little kid again. That's actually really fun. <laughs> You're off Before training it was wheels, on, though, right? No yeah, no, no training wheels. That's Only good. my first time getting back. <laughs> um, but now that now it's like 105 out, so – the bike's going to stay in my garage. <laughs> yeah. Once you get back, uh, once you get back to normal, you and Bob Gehring can go on long rides together. He goes way further than I ever planned to. I don't want Cody on a bike with Bob Guerin. Bob Guerin rides the 110. He rides back streets. There's no way you want Cody on a bike then. No, he's crazy. Yeah. He's crazy. Cody, do you go back and watch highlights of yourself like we all do? Like after a game, we, we pull up the MLB app and say, let's see what Cody did tonight. Do you do that yourself? Yeah, I've been, I, I mean, I can't lie. I definitely watch my highlights. Yeah. Pretty I good play-by-play -play guy and announcing them, you think? Hey, the best <laughs> the best in the business. Oh, wow. God, I'm <laughs> getting off this call Hey, right best now. in the business. Have, have I ever analyzed your swing or something you've done where you go, he don't know anything. What is this guy talking about? <laughs> no, no. He's I don't, not breaking me down like that, I don't is watch. He? No, I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a uh, a full game of you two talking because I'm usually playing. It, we so. appreciate right. the following. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with the way that you phrase this all. Uh, during long defensive innings, Cody, when you're standing in the outfield, what do you daydream about? Um, it changes probably going over your at-bat about what happens sometimes if you're just alone out there in the outfield. Sometimes interacting with fans, um, especially in, in L.A., it's kind of fun to turn around. Like, they're changing your name. You say what's up to them, and uh, it's fun out there. But it does get lonely. Do you got girls calling you over to the sideline as you're running out to your position, like handing your phone numbers and stuff? <laughs> no, it's not like that. No, never like that. Did that break down when they put the netting over the dugout that, you know, people wouldn't throw notes in the dugout? That was in our day. They used to do that all the time. Yeah. 
No, I, it was, uh, I think it only changes the fact that it's, you can't really sign pregame anymore hmm. because that net's there. Cody, what do you want to do when you're done with baseball? This is obviously way down the road, but have you given that any thought? Um, man, I don't know what I would do. I think I would obviously be relaxing at all times, playing a lot of golf, but I would assume that that would somehow get old. I don't know for sure. So I would probably want to do something with my life after that, but I don't have any plans right now. He'd go into the family business, real estate. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot of work. Oh, not easy avoiding your real work. estate license. Yeah, We're I'm avoiding do, it all at all costs. I think you're fine. I think I think you're fine. You're not gonna have to worry about that for a really long time. Oh. And the way you're trending, oh. you're not gonna have to worry about filling up the bank account either. So uh, yeah, I, I think hope, we're good. I hope not. I hope not. Knock on wood. We'll do it for you too. Uh, we did this with Clayton Kershaw last week, Cody. A rapid fire segment where the answer to each one of these questions is just going to be one of your teammates. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start it off. Which teammate would you most want to be quarantined with? Uh, David Freeze. Does that count? Does he count? It's <laughs> sure. an ex teammate, but yeah, I guess you can go there. David Freeze. How about least you don't want to be quarantined with? Myself. <laughs> I would hate to be quarantined with myself. Why? Are you boring or else. something or what? Boring. I don't do anything. Boring. I'm corn. I'm boring. Are you messy? Uh no, I've actually have uh no, I'm not messy. I actually have a clean place. Surprisingly. Just boring. The days would be long. Long days, long days of nothing. Yep. Um, your last supper, which teammate would you have cook it? Ooh, I don't know. Let me think. My last supper, who would cook it? It's got to be someone from the South. Okay. okay. I saw Will okay. Smith on the grill a few uh, weeks ago on his Instagram story. Yeah. Um, you stretch the roster to David Freeze. You could say the team chef. <laughs> oh, I was. I mean, that was the first <laughs> initial thought, but I mean, that's an obvious choice. But teammate, I have no idea. I don't good know. Thing you got a good the, chef. Yeah, I don't know who. Uh, I don't know who's the good uh, grillers or cooks on our team. So you don't know who the good one would be. Who do you? Who are you sure you wouldn't want to cook for you? <laughs> um uh, I have to go I'd have to go I don't know. I don't know if he cooks at home or not, but I have to go Jock maybe. Oh, I knew it was gonna yeah, be Jock. Jock or yourself, know. right? Well yeah, or myself. But I, I mean I can see Jock like kind of killing it on the grill. Everybody, every negative one that Kershaw had in episode <laughs> the last episode, it was the answer was Jock. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> brutal. Uh, and then last one, Cody. Who's the last man standing in a Royal Rumble cage match? Um, if everyone was full of anger, Caballo, oh. Pedro Baez. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's a good answer. Silent. He's assassin. the nicest guy in the world, but I don't know. If, turn on full anger. Who knows? I pick Caballo. Okay. Yeah. The kind of guy that could take five punches just to hit you once. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it would hurt. 
exactly. Cody, it's good to talk to you, man. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. I hope that we're going to see you in person sooner rather than later, though. I hope so, too. That would be nice. Thanks, Cody. Thanks very much. All right. See you, guys. Thank you, buddy. See ya. Later. All right, we're like uh, two months, month and a half into the quarantine here, looking for silver linings, looking for good things. Dave Roberts, what's the best thing you saw this week? Well, um, a couple things. Uh, we are looking for silver linings. And, uh, you know, one thing I saw literally, which was really cool, was uh, a show on Netflix called The English Game. And it's kind of, it's set in the late 1800s. It's kind of the start of, American football or or, or or, uh, football, American uh, soccer, um, soccer um, in London. And it's just a great story. The casting was great. I've got the subtitles, but it's like a six episode situation. Um, But it was Trish and I just got through it in in one day, which was pretty cool. So that's good. The English game. And the second thing um, I saw was um, Trey Mancini. Ball player for the Orioles. And this is interesting where it's not the best thing I've seen, but it's going to stay with me here, guys. Is he just got diagnosed with stage three colon cancer um, in March. And uh, there was an article in the Players Tribune that he wrote and words like, I'm so lucky. It's titled, I'm so lucky. Words like love and appreciation and gratitude. It was just amazing because I'm a cancer survivor myself. And so for in these times we're all going through, but for Trey to write an article himself and conveyed it and his father had colon cancer uh, years ago when he was younger, um, just talking about his girlfriend. And there was this kid named Mo that he befriended who this 13 year old kid has had multiple bouts of cancer. And so now this kid Mo, who they've been on outings with has reached back out to him and has checked in on Trey. And it's just such a heartwarming story in this time for him to kind of look at it from a different perspective and worry about his parents, his girlfriend, and his teammates that are really worried about him right now. Best thing I saw this week, Joe, is uh, the fact that the Zoom party for the Dodgers, to see all the faces that we miss on a daily basis there at work, and it's not really work, it's going to do Dodger games. I mean, yourself and Nomar and Alana and Jerry and JT and Jock and Ross and Skipper and Steve Yeager and Ron Say. It was just amazing, you know, and the great Jaime Harin uh, to see all the faces and not just hear the voices or texting, uh, to see all the faces all at once was just a, a great thing that kind of lit me up and got me excited about possibly having a season. How about you, Joe? Yeah, well, first of all, I'll be honest. I came out of that Zoom call saying, oh, what a disaster because of the technical issues. <laughs> but I get on social media afterwards, and it was almost like people didn't care one bit about that. They were just happy to have something, some semblance of baseball, and uh, people really seemed to appreciate it. So that, that was really cool to see. I, I do. You were the MVP of that uh, Zoom call, Joe, because when there were some difficulties, you you kept uh, it kept it moving forward. But I think that it is going to be a sign of the times. It's interesting because 
like Oral said, we had a chance to see people that we hadn't seen uh, in quite some time. And so to kind of share the same space, I think the uh, the fans and everyone, I think it was 11,000 people yeah. that were tuning in. I think that they felt that as well. And that was the win. That's what people were looking forward to. So yeah, a couple technical difficulties, but I think the takeaway was very positive. Alana was awesome too, keeping it all on track as she often is. Uh, I'm glad yeah. that we have the ability or the... Uh, People that are running the Zoom call have the ability to mute whoever they choose because I think our boy George <laughs> Lopez was about to go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a couple of tequila shots before we got on the call. Yeah, I actually it texted a lot of that yeah. and said, he's, he's drinking, isn't he? Before we went live, I'm thinking, uh-oh. Oh, he was saying stuff like, you know, I can't even look at my garbage cans now. There's no way. I, I just don't even want to be around them. Don't even put trash That's in right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, best yeah. thing I saw this week, guys, was the book that I just finished. I've got a book for you. It is so good. American Kingpin by Nick Bilton. Okay. It's the story of, you guys remember Silk Road? About eight years ago or so, the way that, I think the, the best way to put it was, it was the Amazon.com of drugs. And this guy right. created it from his apartment. And it was this, this little thing to begin with, but he became this huge global drug trade. And it's the story of both him making it and then the authorities trying to track him down. It's incredible. It's like 350 pages. I finished it in three days, not because I'm a fast reader, but because I couldn't put the thing down. Like my heart was beating fast as I was reading it. We just moved from PG-13 to R as this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, <laughs> definitely the topic for sure. No, I need something that is going to grab me early. And so that's interesting. So I need to check into that. For sure. Uh, Oral, are you reading anything? You got any? uh, Uh, Yeah, just recipes for the big green egg. That's what I'm reading the most. (laughs) How's that going? How to keep it from heating up too fast. How's it going? Uh, The the pork shoulder was amazing. And I love the slow cook. It's, It's these other cook. The chicken, when you said I did chicken you know, second. And you said, you know, you've just stepped up from like the easiest meat to cook in the green egg to one of the hardest. And you're right. I hated the chicken. It was kind of dry. I didn't like the rub we used. I was almost, I was so depressed. It was like after having a start and losing the game. And then I got to wait like four days, you know, before I get back on the mound as a starting pitcher. But two days later, I went back at it with easy meat hamburgers and hot dogs it came out great doc i told him he was jumping from rookie ball to triple a going from the pork shoulder to the chicken and he didn't care he tried it oh whatever well i don't know i don't know what you classify the the conventional outdoor grill is i don't know if that's rookie ball that's class a (laughs) double a or what i'm pretty good at that but i want you guys to educate me on the difference between the green egg and just your regular conventional barbecue grill okay so I think what makes the green egg so nice and so expensive, unfortunately, is that it does two things. It can be either A, a conventional grill, but like the hottest conventional grill you're ever going to see. So you can get steakhouse type heats to sear steaks. You can turn it into a pizza oven because of it, but it's also a high-end smoker. You just put in a thing called a convector, C-O-N-V-E-G-G, like they play on words, you know. Oh, veg. Uh, Okay. Yeah, you put that in and it turns it from a grill to a high-end ceramic smoker. So it's really a two-in-one kind of thing. Okay. It's just fun. And it's it's a challenge, Doc. That's the key. It's not just like something you turn on like a gas grill and set it to low, medium, or high, and then you got it. This is a, an art and a science. And you're never going to be perfect too at hot. it either. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think a challenge, challenge is relative these days, right? Well, I mean, I think getting yeah. out of your pajamas sometimes is a challenge <laughs> each day. So um, I, I guess I can be, I can be talked into any challenge. So I like it. I might have to go out there and purchase one. What's going on with the guys, Doc? I know you talked to uh, Gavin Lux a little bit this week. So I'm using my son as a, uh, keeping me updated on, on Gavin. So Gavin is back home in Wisconsin and he's really locked in on this MLB, the show kind of every team has a representative and they're playing this virtual season essentially. And so Gallo was, was in the lead early. Then I think Blake Snell now has the league, uh, has the league lead, uh, in the win loss. And Gavin has kind of talked to him. He said, there's eight teams that make the playoffs and he's in the mix. He'll be in the playoffs. He said, he's kind of like fourth or fifth right now. So Gavin is trying to do what he can to get out. There's still some snow on the ground, but he's making his, you know, getting out, getting workouts in, but he's really focusing on this MLB, the show. So his fingers, yeah, his fingers are going to be in shape. (laughs) That's right. That's right. We got to worry about the rest of the body. Oral, should we tell him about our MLB, the show background? Yeah, I think we could. I think it's a little disappointing at this point, huh? So uh, we last year, Doc, were pretty certain we were going to be the next voices of MLB The Show. That they were going to add in addition to Matt Vaskersian and that crew, they were going to add another announcing crew. And we went as far as having first of all long conference calls with the people that make the game, and then over to actually do a tryout more or less. uh, And I mean, we thought we were going to get it. We thought that it was going to happen. So much so that before we leave this rehearsal and we're talking with some of the executives, I'm talking like, you know, if this happens, this, this, this. Oral said, oh, there's no if. We're getting the job, Joe. We're, we're getting this. Right in front of the executives. I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe we were. But, uh, the power they, of persuasion. Yeah, I like it. I think they struck some kind of deal where they wound up not choosing uh, you know, another crew. But it was, they did, definitely didn't make their decision on talent. They definitely just, you were the most talented video game announcer yeah. that no one. So I got a question for you guys. So, yeah. um, you know, as a player, as a former player, I remember when I finally got to the big leagues, one of the things which is crazy is that you're looking forward to yourself being on a video game. Mm. Is it something where as doing broadcast, where you can see that, Joe, I know you want to. You're going to and want to do the Super Bowl at some point in time in your in your career. But to be on a video game, that's got to yeah. be a feather in your cap, though, right? Yeah, it would. It was going to be really cool. Besides being, you know, a nice little paycheck, it was like for my generation growing up, video games was a huge, huge thing as a kid. So to be, again, it's not going to happen. But thinking that it was going to be that my voice was going to be on a video game, that was a pretty special thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Doc, you know, after being making it to the big leagues and being a big leaguer, the fun things around being a player is your first baseball card, your first autographed signature bat, you know, the the kind of the inscribed glove. Like I know down the general public can get the embroidered glove, but the personalize a glove back in our day was like only for big leaguers. So yeah, I think this as a broadcaster would have been kind of like those things. Yeah, I can I can see that. And I, I still have my first baseball card, my first major league glove, and I yeah I do remember Oral the first time I had my name on a bat. That that's something pretty special. Yeah, they put it in block letters at first. You remember it was like stamped before you were good enough to have your actual signature. I don't know as an everyday player, did you have the stamping? I had 
my, they misspelled my Harry Hyper. It was like Harry Hyper. I didn't even get it. My first bat wasn't even spelled right with the block letters. Well, oh if God. you look at Cody Bellinger's bat, Justin Turner, and all these guys, theirs are signatures. Yeah, uh, mine was still blocked. So I yeah. played in the big leagues. I was an everyday player, but you got to get to the next tier to get the signature. So you never had a signature bat? Not the signature, no. Really? Yeah. So oh I still got to talk God. to Louisville about that one. That's brutal. You need to get one right now. You, they, they'll do one for you now. I bet. Yeah. I bet we could pull that off now. Uh, it and seems I like every one. day. I want an autograph one. It seems like every day, guys, we're seeing a new plan for getting baseball going, which I guess is the good news that everybody's continuing to grind away, coming up with a solution to get baseball back. The latest of those plans, Bob Nightingale released it in USA Today which calls for three leagues of 10 teams broken up geographically. So it would basically be the NL West and the AL West grouped into one league, and you only played the nine other teams in your league, but they're played at home ballparks. What would you think of this idea, Dave? I I was uh, really intrigued. I I think that that's something that could uh, get more traction as opposed to the initial you know, you're all quarantined in Arizona, being away from your families. But I think this is something that certainly makes sense uh, in light of the climate. Um, what really caught me with the realignment is uh, the West Division. Yeah. And um, obviously, you see the Astros uh, in the West. So um, that would be intriguing. And I think that right now, where we're at, it would be of interest to fans and whatever can happen and should happen. We got to make happen. Um, but certainly when you look inside of that, uh, whether the logistics of it, uh, the geography, but the one thing that did catch my eye was that Astros Dodgers. Yeah, it, it, it gets really encouraging the farther we get away from just Arizona, just Arizona and Florida. Okay. Arizona, Florida, Texas. And now all of a sudden possibly playing in your home ballpark, even though the fans wouldn't be there, especially at first, it, it does feel like a big league season and a big league game when you get into the triple-decker stadiums, possibility of the night games and having your own locker rooms and stuff like that, it starts to feel like this could be legit. Yeah, and, and even when you're talking about spring training, when you're talking about spring training and and in Arizona, where you would have to do it, obviously, at night, which would coincide with the time of the games. Um, but I do think that it would be a cool, it's a cool opportunity to get you know, America's past pastime back in our homes and where regardless of fans won't be in there. But I remember my dad telling me stories in Houston where he'd be huddled around with his siblings and watching the one game a week that they get on TV. And essentially that's what we'd be getting back to. Do you think that for go ahead, Oral. No, I just was thinking, I was just thinking about the shock to the fans because it's a lot less of a shock to the fans to have interleague play during the regular season. Now back in our day, Dave, when there was no interleague play, you know, prior, it would be a huge shock in transition. But this didn't seem like that proposal would be a huge shock to the fans, other than the win and the loss go into different categories now. Yeah, you know what? I think that I think that now everyone is just kind of way more open, and I, I think that you know we don't know what it's going to look like you know, in six weeks, let alone next year. But I do think that everyone is in lockstep in the idea that whatever it takes for baseball, whatever's feasible this year, whether it be the league-wide DH, whether it be some doubleheaders mixed in, expanded rosters, no no fans um, in attendance, 
you know, if we all can be safe and maximize that, which we all know, whatever, at any point, there's going to be some margin of risk for everybody. Um, but how we can be as, as mindful and as responsible. But I think this is an opportunity for all of us and, and as baseball fans, too. Do you think the Astros are uh, going to kind of get off easy and that there's not going to be fans in the stands once we get going again and that there's this gap of time? You know, like I think the whole world was ready to pounce had opening day happened in front of fans in late March. 100%. I, yeah. I think that what's that old adage? Time heals all wounds. So mm -hmm. certainly the time uh, has certainly helped the Astros. Um, and you can even, we heard about that whole congregation, the, the group of people of tens of thousands that were going to go to Anaheim to see <laughs> the Astros play. So uh, I'm sure they're getting their tickets refunded and um, I'm sure there's going to be things on, on social media, but as far as like the, the banter that we saw, some of which in, in, uh, Arizona or in Florida for spring training won't be happening. Yeah, I would, I'm, I'm going to miss that. I'm, I'm hoping that <laughs> I'm going to hope those emotions rise back up, especially with Dodger fans. But, and I think the part that's going to tone down early for them is when they go to other parks that yeah. didn't play them in the playoffs and didn't take championships away. I feel like that, that, that scab will not heal as fast in LA. Well, how about this? If we get the three league thing and the Astros are in the Dodgers league, we'll mute your microphone oral while we're broadcasting mm -hmm. and you can just heckle them from the booth. That, that, that you're right. And they would hear it. They would. Yeah. They, they may hear us just <laughs> announcing the game, which is a whole nother discussion. Uh, let's move uh -huh. it on to our top four this week, doc. I hope that you had an easier time with this than I did, because for me, this was damn near impossible. And I had to kind of cheat the system. Top four workout songs of all time. Start with number four. So top four workout songs of all time. Okay. So this was fun. This was actually fun for me because as, as you guys know, I'm getting back into working out um, and it's been fun. So I kind of had to go back to my playing days and also some current Peloton uh, motiv motivation music. So my number four was a song called Sicko Mode. It's Travis Scott and Drake. So, good. so anything with Drake, Travis Scott, that, that's very motivating. And uh, Dodger fans are not, are not going to like my number three. This is Jay-Z and Alicia Keys, Empire State of Mind. And I just love this song. It's New York, mm -hmm. but it's about kind of making your way and, and talking about how tough the city is, but you can, if anyone can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But it's just, I love that kind of story and Jay-Z can rap. He's just such a great lyricist. Um, number three is Kanye West, All of the Lights. So it's just, you're, you're uh, riding, you're motivating yourself and you're thinking about all the flashing lights on you. It's all about you right there. So that pumps me up. My number one which has to be on yours, Joe, your top four, is Eminem, Lose Yourself. You get Love one it. opportunity, you look the guy in the face, and uh, that's where I'm just looking in the mirror and just pumping myself up. There you go. You're getting uh, Love it. a little preview. You're, you're right. That is going to be involved in my top four. Um, what do you got going this next week? Anything, anything to look forward to for you at the Roberts House? Um, next week, I, I think it's status quo. Um, Weather's, weather's nice out, so I've got a nice little routine where, you know, we've got uh, three dogs. You get them out. Um, I'm going to do some grilling. I might have to uh, look into that green egg. But, yeah, just the working out. And my son is doing this pretty cool thing right now. It's called the uh, – I think it's called the Marshall Challenge. Uh, it's, it's a former 
veteran who passed away, um, Murph challenge, the Murph mm-hmm. challenge. It's a 30 day challenge where you got to do, I don't know, 300 pull-ups, 400 push-ups. Uh, you have to run two different, two miles, um, some pull-ups, like 200 pull-ups in kind of 30, 40 minute spans. And he's been doing that. So he's trying to get me to do it. But, uh, once I commit, I'm going to commit. So I haven't committed to it yet. So we'll see. Doc, do you get a do you get a vibe like as we see the new plan come out for possibly baseball and the three leagues and everything, the divisions? Do you get a vibe from the players? Anybody call you and go, Doc? How close are we getting? You know what's going on? Is, is you got those antsy players that call you or text you? I get it. I get it all the time. I get it all the time. And the one good thing is that they have a text thread with all the players. So on the player side they're in tune with the players association. So then they're looking for me for information on, you know, the kind of ownership the, side. That's right. That's right. But they're all antsy. And I think that they're all of the mind that it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. We just want to play baseball just short of obviously the quarantine being away from your families, as was talked, we talked about earlier. Doc, great stuff. As always, we'll talk to you next week. All right, fellas, have a good one. See you in a week. All right, Skipper. Oral, I spent way too much time on this week's top four. Like, I, I, I'm obsessive over time and being efficient with my time. Usually set the alarm 6, 6.15, 6.30 during yeah. this quarantine. Get up and get an hour and a half of work in. Maybe do a little reading before the kids get up. What did I do today? I grinded away on what the top four workout songs of all time are. You know, when we do our top four, and I mean, behind the, under the kimono, we have a Google Docs where we kind of outline maybe a few topics that we can get ready ready for, and you had honorable mention songs on there. And this you long peaked list. at my. You're not supposed to look at my notes. That's why it's way down. <laughs> I just kept scrolling. I'm like, what is this song? This song? Oh my gosh! Don't ruin it for him. Let's get into it. What is your number four? Well, you guys know that I have not been very good at working out post career, so. To motivate me, uh, the song that I'm going to use is the national anthem because it kind of gets me going. Because <laughs> you got to have the national anthem to get something started. So that's, that's where I'm going. That's how this is going to go. Huh? I treat this like it's like solving the world's problems. That's okay. You you can anthem. tell me the serious workout song. Number four is "Hate Me Now," Nas featuring Puff Daddy. So that's not on my playlist. So what do you got at three? Can you tell me about it at all. Uh, I'll tell no. you about. There's going to be plenty to tell you about. All right. So the my number three is from. It's got to be from the boss, and it's Glory Days. Uh, you know they'll pass you by, and they sure have passed me by. <laughs> That'd be a good like jogging song, running song, or yeah, it's it would be good for kind of warm up, right? Uh-huh. You know, it's not at the end like an Enya song when you're cooling down, but it's good to warm up. Too. My number three, Bleed It Out by Lincoln Park. That used to be my favorite football pregame song. Last song I would listen to before taking the earbuds out. My number two, um, I think we're going to overlap because I'll just, I won't even tell you the title. You only get one shot. Don't miss your chance to blow. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Yeah, do it up. Yeah. So, yeah, lose yourself for sure. Okay. My number two, and this is where I start to cheat a little bit. Like I mentioned earlier, I was going to cheat because I just could not narrow this down to just four. My number two is my heavy metal section, okay? So I'm going to give you a few heavy metal songs. Here to Stay by Mm Korn, Stupefy 
by disturbed, bodies by drowning pool, and chop suey by system of a down. Did, when did you become a heavy metal fan? I mean, if you, if you look at where those songs came out, it's probably yeah. like, so, okay, I, I think that I probably was first uh, shown heavy metal or exposed to it. My dad is a longtime high school football coach. And so I was the water boy and the ball boy growing up. And that was the weight room music. This would have been, you know, late 90s when I was yet to be in his program. I was still in elementary or junior high and listening to the, you know, these these big high schoolers listening to those songs. And then a little more motivation, a couple songs in there that were were more my era. But I think that's where I first got into heavy metal. I I wouldn't say I'm into heavy metal, though. Those are just great workout songs. All right. Well, we got our number one, right? So yep. my number one back in the day mm-hmm. when I was working out was We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. We didn't start the fire. It's always it. burning since the world's been turned. And that was like on the Versa Climber, just going at it. I can see just it. Just kicking butt on it. The whole song, it didn't matter how I felt. I was going to keep up with the beat of the song and I was going to keep pace. But now that I'm not working out, Dana and I had a laugh this morning. We talked about it and she said, honey, you got to do baby got back. I like big butts and I cannot lie because my, I might be getting heavy pretty soon the way this is going, not getting into the workouts. That's got a good uh, beat to it though. You could work it, out to that. It, yeah, you definitely could. So she's like, honey, you got to do that. I'm just glad that she brought it up. So you, you wrapped a little bit of it for us. I'll take oh, it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. My number, you, one number one is, and this is where the overlap happens. I'm not just going to say lose yourself because I think it's debatable what Eminem's best workout song is. Mm-hmm. So I've got anything Eminem. And I'll give you a few in particular. Besides lose yourself, till I collapse, patiently waiting, the remix mm-hmm. is best, go to sleep. Also, don't listen to that in front of your children. Children, don't listen to that. <laughs> Forever with Drake and Lil Wayne. Eminem's verse, by far the best on that song. And Rap God, which is his most recent one out of that group. Pretty soon, you're going to have like your own Pandora title where you work out with Joe Davis and your songs are all going to be in the line there. Are you still on Pandora? You're not on Spotify? Uh, I'm on both. For real? Should I be on one or the Spotify, other? I think, is where you need to be. Okay. We'll make sure that that happens. Hey, can I list a few honorable mentions? Might as well. It's your mic. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to stop me? You're play-by-play. I'm Uh, just color. Okay. Remember the Name by Mike Shinoda. The Beast by Tech 9 Throw It Up by Lil John and the Eastside Boys. There were several Lil John and the Eastside Boys songs. This is totally our generation gap because there's only like a couple songs that I recognize. Well, these next two are going to be the most modern. And the reason that these didn't get further consideration for the top four, they don't have any kind of longevity. Mo Bamba by Sheck Wes. You know that. No. Uh, (laughs) Call it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, but I got know, it now. You now know. It. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And then uh, "Rap Devil" by Machine Gun Kelly, which was his response to "Rap God" by Eminem. Okay. The background has got me hooked. You should listen to it. It'll be great. I, I will. Just kind of like you make me do listen and watch movies, you know, that we bring up on the air, and I don't know what it is. Back and forth though on that. I mean, I've been inspired to. Yeah. to Look some stuff up that you told me to. Hey, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Such a good movie. Have you watched <laughs> any movies lately? 
Oh, we watch a lot of stuff, but I don't make it through it now because we start our movies late at night to kind of help us put put us to sleep. So yeah, uh, must the, be some the, really good the, movies. The thing that Dave Roberts recommended that that Little Fires. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that oh. was crazy. Did you pick that up? After Little you Fires heard him everywhere. Say it? Yeah, we've seen it all, and uh-huh. it was crazy. Are you I can't still wait on for the next? I know season. you were watching Ozark. Are you still into that? Yeah, we're all the way through Ozark, and uh, yeah, there's there's. We're, we're, we're looking for something to binge watch now. We're My parents told me Ozark got too dark for them. It's pretty doggone dark. At really? The end, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you know, just like any great show, you know, you do kind of run out of things that where you can go mm-hmm. and some places have to go dark. Yeah. I'm kind of there on billions right now. It's not dark, but like, where are we going from here? It's kind of lost right. me where I feel like I'm working when I flip it on. A little bit. You know, I still, it's, it's what my wife and I do each night after the kids go down, we watch an episode of it, but it almost feels like it's our duty to put in this hour to watch another episode of Billions. Do you feel that? Because like when somebody tells you about something to binge watch and you start watching it and then, you know, those feelings of anticipation, like I wish we could watch more. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, I need to go to bed. Yeah. And then the next night you're like, I can't wait to turn this on. And she's like, don't turn it on yet. I'm still doing this, doing this. You know, we want to concentrate. And then when the binge watch show turns to, we got to watch it. There's three more. Yeah, you, know, you got to get that's through That's kind of when, it, and then you go to, I'm not even going to turn it on. Yeah. It's kind of like you can feel that you're trailing off. Yeah, and that's where we are now. But we're like, we're in season four. Season five comes out, I think, this weekend. So we okay. feel obligated to finish. You know, we've invested three and a half seasons watching. Feel obligated right. to finish. It's good. It's just it's. I don't have that motivation that you talked about. I don't have that anticipation that. You That's why those about. last episodes are so important to to keep that energy mm-hmm. and anticipation of you going to turn it back on when it comes out. The mailbag yeah. this week, Oral Gail Johnson, who is a a wonderful Dodger fan who we've we've connected with on social media before. She wants to know about our home offices and any memorabilia we have in them. What the setup is like, especially I guess. In this, uh, in this time where we're all spending a lot of time in our home offices. So people might know that I moved into a new house back in November, and we uh, have not really gotten much furniture yet. So when you see me on a Zoom call or anything video that seems like I'm in a, my house, I have set up a card table with a black tablecloth. I threw a table behind me, threw some of the trophies of mine and some nondescript Dodger pictures back there of some of my heroes that of the generations prior. And that's my fake office. So I don't really have an office. I have just all my stuff, but the plans are for my office are, are in the works and the plans for our backyard. So that's really what I'm concentrating on now is uh, kind of getting this house together. What pieces of memorabilia have to be in the office when it's done? Um, you know, my favorite piece of course is the world series trophy. Um, one of the ones that always makes me smile is a baseball that is like cut, a quarter of it is cut off and the yarn is exposed and all kind of hanging out. And it's signed by Bob Hope. And I was, uh, it's Bob Hope, two oral from Bob Hope, thanks for the memories. And I was on the Bob Hope Christmas special with Jackie Joyner, Keith Kersey and uh, Dolly Parton and Bob Hope. And in a skit, I played myself. And Bob Hope played Tommy Lasorda and came out to the mound when I was supposedly in a jam and said, come on, you've got to get this guy out. I said, I will, I will, let me do it. You know, and we talked for a while 
And he goes, you got to get him out because I'm hungry. Let's get this game over with. And he hands me the ball back because he took it from me. And when I get it back, I hold it up to the camera and half of it is like a bite's been out of it. And I go, wow, he really was hungry. And so when I look at that ball with a quarter of it carved off and Bob Hope, thanks for the memories. I, I think of Tommy, I think of Bob and it was a lot of fun. And when I was building my office last summer, because we converted the dining room in the house that we bought about a year prior to, I guess, two years ago now, we converted yep. the dining room to my office. You, your advice to me was to put items like that that have meaning to you, as opposed to just art that you think looks cool or pictures that are of a player that you like or whatever, like try and right. go deeper than that. And so I did. I really put a lot of thought into what I put up. I've got uh, scorecards, because when we, when we call the game, we score the game as well, and we put all our notes right. down. I've got a scorecard from my very first game as a pro baseball announcer, which was in 2009 with the independent Schaumburg Flyers. I could only find one sheet, so it was the opposing team, the Joliet Jackhammers, but I also mm-hmm. found a little uh, legal pad of handwritten prep notes for that game. Cool. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing in prepping, like, you know, when we first start, nobody knows what they're doing, but I framed that together. And funny story about that one, the leadoff hitter for Joliet on that thing, I, I posted a picture of this on social media. The leadoff hitter's name is Adam Klein. And after I posted a picture of this scorecard, Adam Klein messaged me on Instagram. He saw oh, wow. that he was yeah. on there and uh, I believe he's in Southern California and a Dodger fan. So small world. So I've got that scorecard. I've got the scorecard of my first game in AA Montgomery. And then I've got the scorecard of my first official regular season game uh, with the Dodgers. And that was with you and Nomar, and both of you guys signed it. It says, way to go, Rook, and then Nomar signed it. And yours says, number one, congrats with your signature. You know, the the thing about you're going to have this, of course, because as much as you grill and have people over for 